We are always wanting to talk to employers about current training methods and current training practice and what are the absolutely um, you know, evolving sort of training needs in every sector. Kia ora, I'm Troy, here as CEO and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today our conversation is with Amanda Nicole, Director of Industry Partnerships at the Ministry of Social Development. She leads a MSD initiative to create strategic partnerships with industries and employers that have skill and labour shortages, something that will certainly resonate with our industry. The aim is to create sustainable employment across Aotearoa. Most of us will be familiar with the ITOs, um, and of course there's a lot of change happening there at the moment. Can you tell us about how the Ministry for Social Development fits in the picture of skills development? Well, we do work quite closely with ITOs, very closely in fact, because most of our training programs have a qualification component. And we, we, we do work very heavily with ITOs, although we work through employers. So we work with the employers. We are not the ones who design the qualifications. We are the ones that work with the employers to say, what do you need and how can we help to support uh, the training that you need? And then they really, they're the ones that work with the ITOs to develop a qualification or to, or to get a framework for the accreditation of that training. I think with the uh, review of the ITOs um, and the creation of the workplace development groups, uh, it looks like there's an obvious uh, match there between um, what you're doing and what will be happening with the WDGs. How would you guys fit into that process? Our job is to be relevant for, you know, as far as training for actual industry needs go. So we are always wanting to talk to employers about current training methods and current training practice and what are the absolutely, um, you know, evolving sort of training needs in every sector. And so the employers will, I guess, inform us and also the, any new entities about what they require out of their out of their training frameworks. I think it's almost becoming a bit of a skills crisis in our industry in the building and construction and manufacturing components of um, what HERA covers. And there wouldn't be a member that I go out to visit uh, that doesn't mention that their number one issue is really being able to attract and retain quality people. What specifically are you guys doing in our sector, in the metals sector? We're probably not doing a lot specifically because probably like a lot of the population, we probably don't understand your industry as well as we should do. Uh, and that is our that is what we want to do. We want to understand what the opportunities are available uh, within certain sectors because this is a fluid thing. You know, the way that the future of work is changing, every sector is evolving. And so we want to work more closely with, with all industry organisations and employers to find out the opportunities Opportunities. I think the thing about skill shortages is it's a double-fold one, is that there is a constant reskilling needed of a workforce to meet 
existing and future um, skills. But I also think that it's not just our job, it's everybody's job. And while we are here to support, the really the leadership has to come from the employers and the organisations themselves to come to us and say, please, how can we work together uh, to keep this training going? We, we can offer all sorts of subsidies and we're very, very active in some sectors and not so active in, in other sectors. So we would love to work more closely with your industry to find out what we can help with uh, to retain and attract uh, people to your sector. Of the employment-related initiatives that you do have, what are the ones that would be most relevant to our industry? I guess construction would be one of the ones. We have some very successful partnerships in civil construction and construction. And I think that is because they have become very aware of the need that they have to work with MSD or they have to work with government because it is not a, it's not a sector that probably uh, always attracts the, the, the number and the quality of candidates that they want. And so we have become a very, MSD in particular, has become a very important labour pipeline for um, for these sectors. And so we're working very closely to to work through some really great programs, um, quite aspirational programs about how we attract and retain people into the construction sector and how we make it as a career and not just a job. So selling the dream of what you can do once you get into construction or trades or whatever it may be and how what are the steps to get there and what the benefits are when you get there. What are some of the biggest misconceptions about the work that you're doing? I think the, the probably the biggest misconceptions is the government is there to make things more difficult. Uh, we believe that we are, a, my team work very hard to uncomplicate things as much as possible and to relate to businesses. We understand that, that business is business and we want to make things as easy and as, as un- uncomplicated as possible for business um, when it's dealing with government. Obviously, there is uh, there, when you're dealing with public money or when you're dealing with public systems, there are protocols and there is a, a fair amount of bureaucracy, but it's our job to untangle that and to be the translator, if you like. And I think we do that very successfully. So I think, I think one of the things is that people think it's very complicated dealing with us, and I would say that it's not. The other thing that I would say, especially with MSD particularly, is people tend to have a stereotypical view of the type of recruit or candidate they could get through MSD. And that is not, that is probably one of the biggest misconceptions that people have. Because especially with the future of work, we are seeing people who are coming through our doors who have never been out of work before, who are now looking to transition into new careers. And so we're talking to employers about saying, hey, you know, don't discard MSD as a recruitment channel because we've got some great people who are coming through who are looking for a new career in a new sector. And so how do we engage with you to promote your sector and your opportunities to this new group? Tell us more about the industry partnerships uh, program goals and also what does sustainable employment mean within that context? 
So industry partnerships is a business unit of Ministry of Social Development, and we are specifically outward facing. So we talk to businesses and employers about how we can be helpful to help, I guess, business, grow their business by employing great people. So we do a range of things that include training subsidies. We help to design programs. We offer wage subsidies. We do all sorts of, we have some, some great training programs. Skills for Industry is one of those. Mana and Mahi is another one of those, our new apprenticeship scheme. So we have a range of products and services, but our job is to go and interpret what you need and where the gaps are and to then come back and to find out, not, not always just within MSD, but throughout government, what can be applied to your sector or your um, or your or your business. So it might be something that MB could help with, it might be something with Tapuni Kokori could help with. So it's our job to navigate the government system. Sustainable employment is is a very important part of what we do because we want to source great long-term careers and we want to source uh, great opportunities for our clients. We don't want them to be in short-term uh, unfulfilling roles. We all understand that sometimes entry-level roles need to start like that, but we need what what our view is is if we make people's pathway pathways clear towards their goals, then they want to stay in them longer. And that's sustainability. I mean, there are all sorts of hard measures you can put on sustainability, but it's a very hard thing to do, especially for the younger, younger generation who we know. Um, change jobs just as a matter, that's just what they do. So sustainable work we see as a long-term opportunity for our clients to get into, into good, sound work with career prospects. One of the mirrors our industry, and that's both in regards to manufacturing and building and construction, one of the mirrors that we have to hold up to ourselves is that we really aren't attractive to new entrants into our industry. Um, and probably we need to develop a strong value proposition from the perspective of, of employment. How do you work with industry associations to help address that type of issue? Well, I, I see it as a, you know, I've just been overseas and I've spent quite a lot of time looking at this because it's an issue for a lot of uh, sectors, retail, manufacturing. They're not seen as, you know, sexy and inverted commas industries to go into. But there's a lot of work being done to find ways to reach people that is non-traditional. So I think what we all tend to do is be very pragmatic and practical about it and lay out all the sort of roles within the sector and say, this is what you can do. But actually, people want aspiration. And so how do we sell uh, the sizzle and not the sausage, if you like? So I've spent a lot of time overseas uh, just recently talking to companies, how, who, quite high-profile companies, actually, who are finding that they are finding it harder and harder to attract the right talent. And there are some really innovative ways that we're going to be implementing. We've just done a couple of really great, I've got a couple of great examples. One is with the security industry where we have uh, done a series of videos that we've used and we've done a real call to action with for employers and for candidates. And we have had phenomenal success with that. We're really delighted. And we're just about to uh, go into another uh, organisation building services and to do the same thing. So just by changing the way that we talk to people and changing the, the rhetoric and the image and making it a more aspirational message, we, we've really had some great success. 
So I think that is the future. It's not being practical and, and being pragmatic and, and just, I think it's actually appealing to what people want to see and hear. For us, obviously, Māori and female engagement with the with our industry is a big concern, but also a big opportunity. What are you working on to assist with improved inclusion? Our work with Māori and uh, Māori and Pacific also uh, is very strong. We have a lot of emphasis on uh, our Māori candidates and and getting um, great quality opportunities in front of Māori and Pacific. Uh, we see that this is a, there is a lot of untapped potential, um, and with women as well. Women in trades, we are we are running uh, promotion at the moment, trying to get more women into trades, and once again, it's telling the story differently. Uh, you know, getting people to think outside the traditional uh, what they should do. We're finding that technology is opening really great doors for Māori and Pacific people. Um, and, and also with women, is people who have never thought that they were good at technology um, or didn't really know the world of technology are finding that they're going into roles that actually they never, ever thought they would. I, don't, I think we've got to stop the stereotypical what people should and shouldn't do. So for Māori and Pacific, we see that there is huge opportunity uh, in, new, in, the new, in the future of work. Um, and it's just the way that we offer these opportunities to make them accessible for everyone. What specific support is there available for Māori and Pacifica? We have, uh, across government, there is a lot of support for Māori uh, in training programs and employment programs, uh, right from when people leave school to, you know, when they're neets, right through into uh, up to apprenticeship um, and degree level. We are very focused on working with Māori and Pacific people to reach their potential. Uh, we have great people all around New Zealand who have amazing skills and amazing talents. Sometimes I'm not sure that they recognise that they do, but that is, that is also our job, is to present opportunities that excite them and that make, uh, make sectors and industries appealing. So we are working quite hard to do that. The Skills for Industry program and the Mana and Mahi programs that we run are really great for a lot of our clients, uh, including Māori and Pacific. They offer a really broad range of training and support, which is sometimes really important for people, especially if they need to move from, from towns into cities or if they're going into a new situation. We're finding that uh, because of the high community feel with Māori and Pacific, for us to offer the level of support, uh, it, it, it's a higher level of support sometimes that we need to offer. I was at a function yesterday with Minister Twyford there um, and he was speaking about um, eight pillars of um, focus for the manufacturing industry and one of those was digital technologies. Uh, I know that you guys have joined up with Joy Business Academy to bring virtual re reality training into industry training. What are you doing there and, and who can benefit from that type of initiative? Virtual reality training will open doors for so many people. Uh, what we've found is it's not, uh, it's, it's people who learn differently are really benefiting from this. 
people who perhaps English isn't a first language or people who find, who just find learning in a different way more beneficial. So we've developed this virtual technology so that people can understand the environment that they're going into and understand the world that they're entering before entering it. So I don't think you have any idea of actually what a construction site is like until you've been on one. And we have developed this program that we've been told by industry is very, is as, as like as it can be when you're not on a site. So people actually can go in and find out what what it's like, how it feels, and and whether they're going to sort of have an affinity with it. It's not definitive, but it gives them more of an idea than before they did it. It also teaches people that through the through the mechanical sort of actions of the virtual reality uh, are very similar to driving a digger, for example. And so, have, do they have an affinity to that? It's another way of reaching people. It's another way of telling people about traditional roles in a non-traditional way. So we're developing a series of virtual reality training, uh, which we we hope to, where we're piloting um, civil construction with our partners at the moment. And we're going to go into other sectors because once again, traditional learning and traditional pragmatic approach of a, of a pad and a pen uh, doesn't work nearly as well as this method. So we want to, we want to make, this type of learning accessible to as many people. And to be perfectly honest, the cost of um, a per person training is, is very, very affordable. So instead of just us being able to offer it to people who qualify for our funding, we can open this up to the general population. So we see, you know, for, except, for example, in your sector, this is something we could work on together and really open it up and give people a great idea of what what opportunities there are and what your sector can offer. I think, of course, with um, the increasing adoption of digital technologies, there's going to be a massive reskilling requirement um, for our industry at least. Uh, what uh, areas of upskilling and reskilling are you working in? We, we work right across uh, the traditional sectors. So we part of our mandate is that we skill and upskill um, and we can pay, we can um, help with training subsidies and employment subsidies, or we can help with, with upskilling while people are, are in work. Uh, what we want to do is get people into work and, and keep them there and, and move, help to move them up through the, the career path so then that creates opportunities for people coming in. So we are constantly looking and we're constantly um, working with industry and, and businesses on, on training and upskilling packages. You've already partnered with some of the biggest names in the building and construction sector. How do those relationships work and how can the sector more broadly benefit from those initiatives? We uh, partner with a lot of, as you say, uh, very large um, businesses in New Zealand. And we mainly partner with two of our products, which is Skills for Industry and Mana and Mahi. So Skills for Industry is a, it's designed as a shorter, sharp, training uh, package with pre-trades, pre-training first and then uh, on-the-job training that we subsidise 
And then we provide in-work support for the candidate as they become familiar with working and just as a help to the employer for some extra support to iron out any, any sort of things that they may need help with. Uh, Mana and Mahi is our apprenticeship package, which is a really exciting initiative this government has brought in, and it's about getting more people into trades and training uh, up to level four, over level four. We would really, um, we would, we work with, as you've said, a lot of companies, and it's really a bespoke uh, training opportunity that we offer. So we go and, and work with these companies and say, what do you actually need? Um, we work together to determine how the training will look. We don't design the training, the employer does. And then we say, okay, well, we can help with these bits. We can do this, we can do this. And together we come up with a really great product. Some of our uh, Skills for Industry training programs now are the most successful um, attraction, training and retention products that these companies run. So I think it shows that that the product actually works and the collaboration between the company and us um, understanding you know whatever what 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 the client needs what the company needs it, it works very well this all sounds really amazing how do we actually get engaged and um, start the discussions uh, to be involved in industry partnerships Look, I am really happy to talk to any of your employers. Um, just contact me and I will assign an account manager to uh, to every business that contacts me. I will come out and meet them personally. We are really excited about the opportunity of working with the sector. So uh, I look forward to hearing from as many people who would as who would like to ring me. Thank you. So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Amanda today. If you'd like to connect more, you'll find her details in the show notes. This was such an interesting conversation today, and we hope that MSD's Industry Partnership Initiative does create a way for industry and government to work together to address the skills gap. At the heart of it, the skills gap is a reflection of what we value. To close the gap, we need to change the way people feel about their work. Food for thought till we meet next time. So hit subscribe, and if you liked what you heard today, please like, review or share with any metalheads you know. Let's spread the word. Hi, I'm Greg, here as Innovation Centre Manager. If you liked what you heard today and want to learn more, consider joining Kotahitanga, our innovation cluster for HR. This groups together like-minded people interested in exploring new ways to better attract and retain staff. We'll be focused on giving cluster participants access to practical tools, expert advice and workshops that are geared towards creating stronger employee experiences. Why? Because we want our members to be employers of choice. To do this, we'll delve into the importance of culture, leadership, strategic recruitment, diversity and inclusion, as well as simplifying employment documentation to better address the skills gap challenges you have in your business. For more information, feel free to contact me directly. My details are in the show notes.